Welcome to episode 49 of Terminator 101, the James Cameron Terminator podcast. That's right, we are in the final two episodes of Terminator 101. In this episode, you and I are going to discuss the terminated scenes from James Cameron's 1984 film, The Terminator. So don't go anywhere. After this quick sponsor, it's time for some 101. Now, before we go any further, I just really quickly want to shout out my Patreon members over at patreon.com slash t101podcast. Lucas Grudzian, Engelbert Sebastian, Ruben Dobson, Danny Pirate, Ami Prasad, T-Bob Art, Marie Spurlick, Oliver Mercer, and Michael Wellen. Thank you. For your patronage to Terminator 101, it means the world to me. I do not take it for granted, and you're all awesome, so thank you. Now, if you guys want to join that exclusive list, get extra content, benefits, early episodes, head over to patreon.com slash t101podcast. All right, so this is the episode where I'm going to be giving you my thoughts and opinions on the terminated scenes from... The Terminator. Uh, this is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. It kind of goes in line with my previous episode where I discussed the different editions of T2. Um, the only difference being that these are essentially just deleted scenes. Those are actual different cuts of the film T2 that you can check out, um, where essentially the deleted scenes are put into the, f the final complete film. You know what I mean? This is sort of just random scenes that were cut and put into, like, a montage that you can check out. Um, but uh, as far as I know, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's done it. You know, fans make their own cuts all the time. But there isn't a uh, DVD or a Blu-ray where you can watch The Terminator as a different cut or as a different edition uh, with the uh, added scenes put in there. So that's the only difference, but essentially they're the same kind of episode. So having done T2, I always knew one day I would do uh, T1. And now that we're kind of winding down um, Terminator 101, now that I'm you know feeling very happy with what I've done in terms of Terminator 101 as a podcast, doing over a year of content for the podcast. Um, definitely had to squeeze this in before I rounded it out because this is episode 49. And of course, the next episode after this is going to be my Michael Bean one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I don't know when I'm going to release it, but just so you guys know, in case you're not following me on social media, I have published the complete one-on-one -on -one to my Patreon page. So if you want to join the Patreon one of the added benefits of that is I will put early episodes over there. Uh, also exclusive episodes, ex you know, exclusive content. Uh, so go check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash T101podcast and uh, join levels two, three, or four. And you can uh, check out the Michael Bean if you're listening to this, you know, before I release the Michael Bean episode here on the podcast. So anyways, uh, plugging aside... Uh, just so you guys know, I sourced these scenes from the special edition DVD. Now, I know that the scenes are on the Blu-ray as well, like the, the various different Blu-rays. Um, but I don't know. What's really cool about this DVD was when you clicked on a particular scene, it would give you a written uh, kind of explanation of what the scene entailed. And then 
uh, why it was ultimately cut. And then what's really cool is you can also listen to optional commentary from James Cameron, uh, which is, you know, a nice little added feature. Now, I only did that for a couple of them because I really wanted this episode to really kind of not be totally influenced by James Cameron, um, to do, really give you my honest opinion on them. But that's a really cool added feature, and as well, the written feature, which I don't know if that is carried over to the subsequent Blu-rays, and down the road, 4Ks and 8Ks and 12Ks and HKs. So, um, but yeah, that is uh, something I just wanted to bring to your attention. So having said all of that, we are going to get into this. The first one is going to be... Uh, I don't know what you would call these. I don't have the DVD pulled up here in studio, so I can't tell you the official title of it, but it's essentially Sarah um, kind of looking in the mirror and, uh, you know, introducing herself. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'll be a waitress. I'm so wholesome, I could puke. Okay, so this scene is pretty straightforward, not that long. Honestly, don't really care that it was cut. Um, it's a nice little moment for Sarah, yeah. Uh, you know, she's kind of self-deprecating, and that's always great to see in a character. Really brings the audience on board with them, uh, makes them more relatable. But, uh... You know, one of the things that I did pick up on when I listened to the couple uh, Cameron um, commentaries for these scenes is that, you know, most of these things were really just for time and uh, to really keep the story moving um, as tight as possible. So for this particular scene, yeah, I totally agree that didn't need to be in there. Um but that you know that's something that's really cool with deleted scenes is because depending on how many times you've seen the film and I've seen the terminator so many times I can't tell you how many times I've seen it it's really cool to see these because fun fact I've seen a couple of these I've never actually sat myself down and watched all of the deleted scenes it, it, you know as strange as mind blowing as that sounds um you know as coming from a die hard fan you would think I would have done that, but up until now I haven't, but I'm happy that I have because, you know, it's really interesting to see these things that, you know, it, it, it it's funny that it's the same movie. It's funny that it's the Terminator, right? But if you were to stick it in the Terminator and put it on instantly, I would be able to be like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What is that? You know what I mean? It's so, cause you get into such a routine, you you know, on repeat watchings, you know what's coming next and you anticipate that. And then if this were to be in that, you would be like, whoa, 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 hold on. What's going on? This, this feels out of place. So when it comes to deleted scenes and judging them and, and seeing if you're okay with them, it's really like you really have to get into a mindset of putting aside the nostalgia and uh, the warm, fuzzy, cool, good awesome feelings that you have for the original finished cut, right? You have to look at them objectively. And this one I am, uh, as I will do for all of them, all seven. So this one, I don't think it was necessary. It's a nice little character moment, like I said. Nice to see Linda Hamilton uh, doing a little humor there. Um, but yeah, I totally 100% agree that uh, it should have 
been taken out. All right, guys, here we go. Terminated scene number two. Sarah Connor. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so this one is really cool because going into it, I thought we were going to get some more footage of Marianne Muller-Liley, who has been on the podcast previously, but I do believe in my one-on-one with her, she did say that basically what we saw is all she filmed, and yeah, that's, you know, there's nothing added in terms of her character with this deleted scene. Um... You know, it, it it's interesting, the Terminator and the way it depicts its violence, um, the fact that Cameron didn't show anything of that initial attack. Um, you know, later on when we get to Ginger, you know, it's more of a, you know, she's crawling in slow motion, but still we don't really see anything. We just see her hand, right? Uh, we didn't get anything here with Marianne, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting the way that Cameron um, kind of laid out the uh, the display of violence. Having said that, really all that's added to this is Arnold walking back uh, to the car. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, I think, the only deleted scene that features Arnold. So that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 like I said with my other one, I 100% agree that it, you know, it didn't add much of anything to his character. Uh, we know he's a machine, so we know that he's not going to shoot her and then run in fear. You know, he's he's on a mission, and for all he knows, he just completed it. But now he's on to the next Sarah Connor to make sure that, you know, he doesn't leave any loose loose ends or that he didn't get the wrong one or, you know, that's that's his mission. So he goes from point A to point B. Fun fact, though, I or not fun fact, but little thing that I noticed is uh, as he pulls away, he runs over what we can assume to be the um, the little toy truck, which in T two they made as the full size truck that chases John on his bike. So, but yeah, he pull like he he drives off and runs it over. I believe it's kind of hard to see, but it looks like like we can assume because remember as he pulls up, he kind of uh runs it over so yeah cool scene nice little added arnold moment but doesn't didn't add anything to the story so get it out of here terminate it you are terminated fucker here we go terminated scene number three let's see how this guy likes playing hardball that's your seatbelt man Nobody else comes through. It's just him 
a wacko, right? He better be. Reese! She's got to stay alive, so do whatever you have to do. Okay, now we're getting into some interesting stuff here. Those first couple of scenes are fluff, in my opinion. Now we're getting into some stuff that... Oh, man. I see why Cameron cut it. Uh, This is an interesting deleted scene because it's almost like a couple little scenes chopped up. So it would have been, you know, interlaced throughout the chase with uh, Kyle... Sarah and the Terminator, and then, of course, leading up to them being at the police station. Um, Pretty much everything leading up to that, uh, I wouldn't have kept in. Uh, You know, him stepping out of the... uh, Ed stepping out of the uh, the cop car, and then Kyle and Sarah going by, and then him saying, go go, go get him. You know, that's whatever. Take that stuff out. The real interesting thing here is uh, the last part of the deleted scene, where... Kyle and Sarah are running and Ed calls them over and says, you know, she's, she needs to stay alive. You need to keep her alive. And it's that nice, you know, it's this nice little moment that adds so much to Ed's character. It's not that Ed wasn't a, a likable character. He was very much a likable character compared to some of the other uh, characters around him, especially Silberman. But it was this nice little added thing because, you know, Ed was sort of always on the fence, right? You kind of got this this feeling that he was on the fence, whereas everybody else all, you know, automatically counted Kyle out as nothing more than a, a fucking nut. Ed was on the fence, and then, of course, this happens, and this is that nice little moment where right before we can assume that he's killed uh he says hey you know without saying it he says i believe you take my gun do what you need to do keep her alive that's a great moment that is a really great moment now of course cameron's argument this is a the last audio commentary that i listened to um and he does mention that you know does this moment really move the story forward in a in a interesting direction does it does it add to the story you know us realizing that ed believes kyle and sarah no it doesn't it doesn't really um so i see where he's coming from but at the same time man what a cool little moment for ed right what a nice moment where he's just you know uh, he 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 has accepted basically what he thinks and probably knows is about to happen to him. And then there they go. And instead of just letting them go, he pulls them to, to the side, offers them a gun, but also offers them, or specifically Kyle, offers him the acknowledgement that, hey man, I believe you. 
you know, you, to, to me, you're not a nut. Nice moment. Nice moment. I, I kind of wish it was in the, in the finished film, but, uh, oh, well, it's terminated. Here we go. What are we on to number four? I know, Mom, this is as soon as I could. I know. Mom, Mom, I can't talk long now. No, I am okay. I'm just not supposed to be talking to anybody. Okay, I want you to listen. I want you to grab a few things, and I want you to go to the cabin for a few days. No, don't tell anybody where you're going. I don't want you to ask questions. I just want you to do it. Okay, I can't talk right now. I'll talk to you later if I can, okay? Okay, I gotta go. memory. Right? So they become hotshot computer guys, so they get to develop this thing for the government. Right? Right, yeah, that's the way it was told to me. So we can 86 the bastard. If you blow it up, it'll never happen. No, nah, it's tactically dangerous. We lay low. No, Reese. Think it through. We can prevent the war. There's nobody else. If we go to somebody official, we end up in jail again, and he's got us again. We've got to do it ourselves. It's not my mission. Listen, understand. I am not a military objective. I'm a person, and you don't own me. Let's go. Fuck you! Let me go. Sarah! 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 No! No! so bad. You can't understand. 
It's gone. All gone. All of it. It's gone. Well, we can change it, Kyle. We have to at least try. There's no fate but what we make for ourselves, right? Come on, kiddo. What do you say? Okay. All right. Terminated scene number four is definitely the meatiest in terms of content. And there's some really fascinating stuff in here. Now, the way it opens up, I'm not a fan of just from an acting standpoint. I think Linda Hamilton is an incredibly strong performer. Really, really do. But for some reason here, she is just not selling the idea that she's talking to her mom on the other end of the line. It's too rushed. You know, and I understand that there's supposed to be this, you know, this real underlying tone of, you know, move, 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 move. But damn, man, there's no way you're, that you're telling me some of those lines. Uh, there's another person on the other end of the line saying, and, her, and she's processing them and then responding to them. It's too fast. Anyways, nitpicking aside. Then, of course, she uh, takes down the phone book. And we get that, you know, real nice Brad Fidel score. And she looks up Cyberdyne Systems. So this is really, what's really cool about this, this goes to show you that even, even if Terminator didn't have a sequel, ideas for a sequel were always really there, right? Um, of course, Cameron went on and did the sequel. We, we, you know, we all know that. But it's if there was never a sequel, people could look back on this right? So live in a hypothetical world where Terminator 2 doesn't exist, just Terminator. There are seeds for expanding this mythology. So she takes it into her own hands. She thinks, let's go to Cyberdyne. Let's 86 the bastards, right? Let, let's fucking get them out of here. Let's not run from this thing. Let's fucking destroy the source. You're telling me that Cyberdyne is the source. Let's fucking do it. Kyle, on the other hand, is not cool with this. He is strictly, I'm here to protect you, and that's it. You're my mission. Cyberdyne is not my mission. It's this real interesting balance, uh, you know, of someone who has an order, right? You know, he, at the end of the day, he really is following orders. And Sarah, who's kind of just, this is all dropped onto her, and now she's trying to figure it out as she goes. She has this real kind of knee-jerk reaction where she just runs off when he says no. Kind of weird, but you know we have to put our, ourselves in her shoes and really try to imagine what this must feel like. So it's not that crazy of a reaction. She hits him, and then this is the fascinating stuff. He pulls a gun on her. He pulls a gun on her. This is a beautiful example of how Cameron puts stakes on the line and flips it. He flips it. The protector is now the fucking assassin for a second. Crazy. What if he would have shot her? Who knows what would have happened? We can assume it just all would have combusted and, you know, just evaporated, right? Crazy stakes. I love it so much. Of course, you know, he realizes what he's doing, and then he has a breakdown. He has a breakdown where he realizes, what am I doing here? This is not the world that I'm supposed to be in. It's a great, great scene. Michael Bean's acting is on and off for me. There's moments where I really believe and, and, and buy what he's telling me and, and, and what he's trying to convey. And then a, a, you know, a couple close-ups, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, is that really the best 
uh, take <laughs> that you got out of that. I don't know. It, you know, it, it's on and off, and it's nitpicky stuff. I love the idea of it, though. I truly love the idea of what they were going for here. It's a shame it got cut. It's a shame it got terminated. You know, uh, of course, all this stuff is sort of um, implicit, right, throughout the film. Since it wasn't included, it's implicit. We can assume he's feeling out of place. We can assume that Sarah is maybe thinking of what to do next that's really going to destroy this thing, you know, in, in, instead of just running from it constantly. We can assume all that. It's never explicit, which is really nice. It, you know, it, it really is nice for a film to not be totally explicit in your face. Here's what they're doing. Here's what they're thinking. Here's what's going on. Here, 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 here. It's nice to have a film that trusts the audience enough and uh, believes in them that they'll fill in the blanks. Having said that, it's a shame because those are some really strong moments. So, ah, it's 50-50. But anyways, it is a terminated scene. It's out of there. And now we are on to terminated scene number five. All right, six more like that. We'll get started on the fuses. You know, I was thinking... There's so many things to do once we get through this. Possibilities are amazing. And there's Disneyland, the beach, movies, matinees with popcorn and footlong hot dogs. Hot dogs? Hot dogs. All the things you've never seen and done. And you're here, but you're not really here. Wherever you go, you bring your war with you. My life has been war. I want it to be over for you. That doesn't seem possible. I want it to be over for me, too. I feel like I've crossed some invisible line. Like I'm in your world now. Like there's you and me and him. Nobody can help us or even understand. We head out at 0200. That gives you four hours to sleep if you want. Finish up here. Terminated scene number five is probably, out of all of them, the one that I would include. If I were to make like a fan cut, this is the scene that I would put back in because there's really nothing, because I was just praising uh, Cameron for not being totally explicit with, you know, character motivations and, and, and thoughts and everything. There's nothing like that going on here. This is just a beautiful moment that would have added a lot to the Sarah and Kyle relationship. The beauty of that relationship, it just would have added a little bit more to it. Because, of course, you have Sarah and Kyle assembling the bombs, and then she just starts talking about how, you know, what, you know it's so beautiful. It's so heartbreaking in hindsight. She's talking about, you know, the future one possible future. She's talking about 
you know, when, when this is all over, you know, there's so many things that we can do together. We can go to Disneyland, we can go to the beach, have hot dogs. Kyle turns around, hot dog? You know, it, it's just such a lovely thing in the line where she says, you know, you're here, but you're not really here. Oh, so heartbreaking. So lovely, so true. Damn. I don't know, uh, I didn't listen to the audio commentary, and once I'm done recording this episode, I feel like I'm going to, because I'm, I'm really curious why Cameron took this one out. Really curious to see, besides timing. Um, I, I, oh man, this scene would have just been the fucking cherry on top of this wonderful Sunday. Really would have. But, uh, yeah, so beautiful. I love their relationship together. They're one of my favorite uh, screen couples of all time. And man, it just would have added to it. And of course, Kyle is just so, just so zoned in that he's just like, you know, you got four hours if you want to sleep. That's it. You know, and she shoots her down again. You know, it's oh, so fascinating. Really, a lot of these deleted scenes, you're going to hear me say that, are fascinating. Because they are. How can you not think that they're not fascinating? How can you not think that they're not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, it's terminated. So here we go. On to the last two. And these are pretty short ones. Terminated scene number six. What are you doing? It's called tickling. In one second, you'll beg for mercy. <laughs> I don't think I like this very much. <laughs> You're not supposed to. <laughs> Terminated scene six rivals Sarah looking in the mirror as the shortest because, yeah, this thing is, this thing's short. Uh, it's after they've uh, made love. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's one of them. It's one of the few times you'll see Kyle smile. <laughs> um, necessary. I don't know. Necessary. Maybe, uh, it's a nice moment. It's a nice moment. And then of course, back to, back to making out and we can assume maybe they, they had sex again. Uh, you know, really drives home the fact of, uh, well, a couple things. One, Kyle, and Sarah love each other unconditionally now. Uh, and two, it's, you know, it's not impossible to break down someone's barrier or wall for even just a few seconds, you know. Granted, he just had sex. So uh, he's feeling pretty good. He's feeling, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure if you were to kind of teleport to that moment, right? So let's assume this is real real life and uh they had they you know they just had sex and you know let's uh, you know let's assume well not even let's assume he you know everything finished we'll say that uh he's feeling good uh i'm sure you could go to that moment like you could you could uh walk through that door and be like hey guys uh any idea where the terminator is and they'd go terminator what are you talking about? Oh shit, Terminator. <laughs> you know, it's like there would be this moment where they would have just forgotten everything. Uh, because here, this is the closest thing that they're going to get to a normal life. Right here, this hotel. 
the closest thing that they're going to ever have to a normal life. So, so, uh, so shattering, that, that notion. But yeah, it's nice. And Linda Hamilton, really nice too. Anyways, that's terminated. So here we go, guys. The final one, possibly the biggest one, maybe. Terminated scene number seven. Hey, look, I told you I don't want you to touch anything until we're done. You got that? Sure, officer. What's that? Microcomputer chassis. But I never saw stuff like that anywhere. Weird. Jeff stuff, maybe. Get it down to R&D first thing Monday morning, huh? Good idea. So this is, like I said, maybe the most important scene, arguably. But, oh my god, this scene is... <laughs> you got these bozos, these two horrible actors, and any time I watch this now, I think of this awesome interview uh, with James Cameron. I'm really glad I didn't put it in. The reason I didn't put it in is because... The executive producer on the film, John Daly, had forced me to, to cast two actors that were pals of his. And so I thought, all right, I'll put them in the same scene. That way, worst comes to worst, I can always take the scene out, which, of course, these guys were terrible. John Daly, you know, bless your soul, buddy, but they sucked. So the scene came out for reasons that were very specific to that first film. But I'm so glad it did, because we got to take that idea and blow it out to a much larger scale and take that whole Cyberdyne plot and open it up. And yeah, I just find that hysterical that he took it out because their performances were terrible. And of course, he also took it out for, like he said there, reasons that were specific to the plot. Um, you know, this scene is interesting, them finding this uh, piece that's left over. Um, you know, I, you gotta love that the cop, that is a cop, right? That tells him, like, I told you not to touch anything until we're all done here. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, right, officer. What? What kind of a crime scene are you running? I don't know. Anyways, um, they find it, and they're like, oh, cool. We're going to do some uh, henchmen-y evil villain stuff. <laughs> Whatever. And then, of course, you get a really cool shot of the exterior of Cyberdyne Systems. Um, yeah, really don't think that this scene was necessary to be included. It is cool to see it, though. Uh, Cyberdyne in the 80s. Uh, that's really cool to see. But yeah, that's, uh, that's that. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode, episode 49, My Thoughts and Opinions on the Terminated Scenes. Uh, let me know if you guys agree with me. Find me on social media at T101Podcast. And until episode 50 with Michael Bean... Keep on terminating.